Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, as long as you're 21 or older, Michael Hill, Jason Holder, proudly bring to you the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast. And if you're not done with that, go listen to something else. He's back. Yeah, so in case that didn't come through very well, cult of personality, Mr. Phil Brooks, CM Punk, is back in wrestling. He's returned. And you have returned for another week of the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast. And this is a very special SummerSlam-themed episode. And for our very special SummerSlam-themed episode, we have a very special guest. Jason, you want to introduce our guest? Sure. Or? We have Mr. James McCarthy from the Rogues Cast Radio. Who am podcast. I? James. Why am McCarthy. I here? Oh, oh, that's me. I am. That's you. Hello, everyone. I'm here, and I greet you warmly. Welcome to the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast. I was told that I can't curse, so I'm just going to sit here in silence for the next hour. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, that's yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, how was your week, Michael? Oh, it was. It was a good week. Uh, got some things accomplished, and then uh, now it is. You know, Time for wrestling and to talk about it. Very, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We had a you know normal busy week as, as always, and then we had some wrestling, and then we had some more wrestling, and then we had some more wrestling, and there was some more wrestling. There was some and wrestling. And now there's some wrestling tonight Yeah, for even more wrestling. So let's, let's talk about what wrestling happened this week. We had Monday Night Raw. Yes. We had uh, NXT on Tuesday night. Yes. Wednesday night we had AEW Dynamite. Yes. Uh, Thursday night, we had TNA, but none of us watch TNA usually. Yes. Friday night, we had SmackDown. Yes. And AEW Rampage. Yes. Saturday night, we had TakeOver, right? Because they always do TakeOvers on Saturdays before no. pay per What? We had SummerSlam. SummerSlam? Saturday. Yeah. But it was Saturday night. Exactly. SummerSlam happens on Sunday night. No, but TakeOver's happening tonight. I'm confused. Yeah, I think they are too. Yeah. This is all a grand plan to seize upon all manners of confusion so that you never know exactly what's going to happen. Like, Monday night is not Monday Night Raw. Monday night is Survivor Series. <laughs> right. Coming to, to you, coming to you live from Mrs. O'Leary's barn where they had the great Chicago fire. Yeah. And that's not to mention the fact that we also had Elevation on Monday night on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And we had Dark on Tuesday on YouTube. So... It's wrestling all the way down. Yeah, it really when, is. When does New Japan on Axis? I think they come on Fridays, wow. I think. <laughs> um, so, yeah, tons of wrestling. Uh, in fact, so much wrestling, we didn't get any whiskey this week. Uh, we're just drinking Budweiser today. Yep. There, there's a bunch of, of wrestling going on. We just figured, hey, let's grab a, a suitcase, and we'll just have some beers and watch wrestling. And uh, none of this Bud Light crap. No, full-on Budweiser. Yeah. The wrestling wore us out so much we can't handle anything higher than Pilsner. Yeah. So, we're not going to cover this week. We're not going to cover Raw and and NXT and AEW and all that. We're not going to cover the, and this match happened and this person won and this match happened and this person won. We're not covering AEW Dynamite. We're not covering Dynamite. Yeah. There's a Um, specific AEW product we are going to be talking about. There were some major things that happened in the world of wrestling this week. So, we're really just going to hit that. We're going to maybe hit some highlights from... 
you know, maybe some of the you, SmackDown because there was a really cool highlight. Yeah, there was uh, one thing that happened on SmackDown that led to something on SummerSlam last night. But for the most part, if you want to hear our review of the normal Monday through Friday shows, mm-hmm. check out last week's pod- podcast. Yeah, because it's pretty much the same thing. Um, so, so the first thing I do want to say, we did play Cult of Personality at the beginning. We're going to do this just like Rampage did. We're going to kick off the show with Chick Magnet Punk. They had no other choice than to kick off the show with Phil Brooks. That's Chick that's Magnet it. Punk. So you hear JR's voice. Welcome to Friday Night Rampage. We got a great show for you tonight. We got this. We got this. Blah, blah, blah. And then we got a special announcement coming up. And then the announce team goes quiet. And the crowd had been chanting CM Punk this whole time. Yeah. But when the announcers quieted down, the crowd kind of quieted down a little bit. And then you hear that. And as soon as that hit. Explosion. Yeah. So I showed that to Caitlin, who is not a big wrestling fan, but she has been enjoying it since we've been dating. And even if she's just enjoying it because she likes me and, you know, but she, I showed it to her. And she just sit, sat there and was like, wow. Because that emotion, that sound coming from the 20,000 people that were in attendance for that. Yeah. No. You know. I want to make a quick comparison. Because on SummerSlam, we had a couple of big returns, too. One of them being the man, Becky Lynch. And we'll get to that because that was garbage. But. Spoilers. Um. So this Becky whole podcast is spoilers, so <laughs> still spoilers. Becky being one of the most over women in wrestling. Yes. Left to have a baby. There's been all kinds of speculation when she's going to come back. You know, she stayed over the entire time she was gone, mm-hmm. right? There were 51,000 people in a in Allegiant Stadium, right? Mm-hmm. There were roughly 20,000 people in Chicago. I would guess. I was guessing. I, I, you know, I would assume that roughly half. Chicago was so much louder than what happened for Becky. But we also have to take into account that Chicago is Chicago. Yeah, it is one of I mean, the loudest, right. most raucous wrestling audiences there is. Well, and specifically Chicago's wrestling Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Was there like I love Becky Lynch to death, and I'm glad she's back in the macro sense, in the micro sense of what happened. Again, we'll talk about that spoilers, but you're not going to get a bigger reaction in wrestling right now, and the evidence bears it out that that Phil Brooks in Chicago is going to make any roof blow off of anything. Yeah, I mean, dude's been out of wrestling now for what seven years? Yeah, I think it's been seven years. Um. There were teases since day one of, of AEW. Since the original, the very first, all what was it, All In? Or All Out was the first one. All In, all in was the first one. All I in. think that happened all, near Chicago. It no, it happened in Chicago. In Chicago. Chicago, yeah. All In, All In happened in Chicago. You can probably tilt that mic were, a little more towards you, Jay. No, 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 it's okay, because if it, the closer it gets, the more, the more likely I will curse, and I'm not uh, allowed to do that on this podcast. <laughs> uh, okay. You just um, can't see the F word, really. Yeah. Um, don't, don't tempt me. So, um, here we, we have All In taking place in Chicago. Is CM Punk going to be there? Mm-hmm. No. 
Then we get first all out, the launch of AEW. Yeah. CM Punk going to be there. No, CM Punk signs with Fox to do a show with WWE. Yeah, to do backstage. Okay. Yeah, there there were there were teases upon teases upon teases of CM Punk being all elite. To the point where Wrestle Talk, you know, Ollie Davis is not doing the the thing that he does for everybody else that gets released from WWE, where he, you know, so and so to AEW confirmed. He's not doing that for CM Punk because there were so many teases and he never showed up. Well, even further than that, he actually made that joke about CM Punk for years as well. Yeah. This guy, CM Punk to AEW confirmed. And it was just 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 random minor little bits of information about Punk being out there just lead to CM Punk to AEW confirmed. So like he stopped doing that because oh, this might be real. Yeah. And you know I mean we I think we all said it. Look, we'll believe that CM Punk has signed with AEW when he's on my TV and not before. I wasn't even going to believe it if I heard Cult of Personality hit because it would not, I would not put it past anybody in the wrestling business for Cult of Personality to hit and then like Kenny Omega walks out. Yeah. Or anybody else walks out and they're just like, yeah, or MJF, you know, gotcha. Ha <laughs> ha. MJF's now, not that creative. Now, personally, I think you would have. They would have probably been killed if they would have done that, especially oh, like Chicago. Mass, oh no, it'd been like mass slaughter. Like if you do that, like the entire, especially in Chicago, right? With twenty thousand rabid family members of CM Punk ready <laughs> to like go backstage and kill everyone for you. How dare you? Yeah. Well, yeah. and and there was there was a sign in the audience. If CM Punk is not here, we riot. Yeah, and I believe that from Chicago. Oh, I absolutely. Mean, I, I correct you. I think the sign says, if CM Punk is here, we riot. Like, I, I think would they're going to riot I would believe way. that from Chicago, too. Yeah. Um, this is Chicago. So, we have CM Punk comes out. He, he's, he kneels down on the, the stage. You know, then he gets in the ring, sits down cross-legged, grabs a microphone. Here comes the promo. He talks about, you know, first thing he does is say... Uh, he doesn't really apologize to the fans, but he tells them, you know, he gets it. You know, if he if he hurt anybody, if he made anybody feel bad, anything like that, he understands. Um, he said, but you cannot. I was trying to be healthy, and you can't go. You cannot get healthy going back to the place that made you sick. You can't you can't get healthy staying in the place, staying that, made in the place that made you sick. Yeah. So not going back to WWE, we know the bad blood that's between him and, and Triple H specifically. Mm-hmm. Um Vince, I believe, would have accepted him back just because Vince is a businessman first and foremost. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I think Triple H will get there eventually too. Eventually, if he stays in it. It's gonna be one of those situations that we'll, we're never gonna see Punk. Punk Punk is just not going He's to not be going that guy who does that. He talks a bit about ROH. Um, then he goes into the fact that he's here. He, he's not. He says he's not a part timer. He's not a one off. He's not a special attraction. CM Punk is here. Um, he calls out. He he puts over Britt Baker. You know he, he thanks Chicago for giving him a reaction just like uh, Britsburg did for Britt. Yeah. Um, he points out Darby Allen in the crowd and the rafters, uh, cause Darby Sting, is Sting and then, uh, sets up a match for CM Punk versus Darby Allen at, uh, all out. Yeah. 
Which will be back in Chicago. Which will be back in Chicago on September 5th. Now. For his return to the ring. His official return to the ring. You there could tell. You could tell that the emotion hit him hard. Oh, yeah. He was holding back tears at different points throughout sure. his entrance. And then as he leaves, he tells the fans. Oh, and by the way, on your way out, make sure you grab your free ice cream bar. Yep. Because that was a thing that he he talked about several times about wanting to have his own ice cream bar. Gets out of the ring. Videos get posted online of people leaving uh, the, the the stadium, and pretty cool, which is a an ice cream company near the near everything. Uh, they're handing out uh, ice cream bars with the CM Punk logo on them. So there you how go. cool is that, right? Yeah. Uh, then we had the rest of Rampage, which. I, I I would be very shocked if anybody remembered anything about the rest of that show as the the come down of holy crap, CM Punk is back in a wrestling ring started to wear off. Yeah. And and to be honest, there really wasn't much of note the rest of the show. Uh, you had what, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus Versus was it two point oh? Private party. No, private, oh, party. private party. Uh, see, yeah, you know, there, there we go, like, right there. Like, here's the thing. So we had that match, and then you had uh, uh, John Moxley versus uh, what, Gabriel. Gabriel. All I know is it's the guy that's Daniel been hanging Gabriel's out with Ever Rise. I'm yeah. still calling them Ever Rise because they're still Ever Rise. Like this promo, Moxley cut a decent promo before this match too. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know. It it mimicked Daniel the promo. Garcia. Daniel Garcia. Daniel Garcia. It mimicked the same promo he cut on him on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So it didn't kind of hit me like because I'd already heard it. Yeah, and I think he was right. Moxley, like again on on the night when CM Punk comes back in Chicago, everything is going to get overshadowed. That being said, Moxley is still, in my opinion, the best off the cuff promo right now in the business. Yeah, like. Daniel Garcia cuts this promo about how he's up and coming and going to be a new star and, and he's ready to just take it to the top people. And John Moxley's the top, so he's got to go after him and he's going to win tonight. And then Mark Henry cuts over to Moxley and Moxley cuts a promo. And at the end of it, he just goes, I got to go hurt this kid. Sorry. And walks off. Yeah. And that's kind of what happened. And then, you and know. then he and Eddie Kingston and Sting and Darby Allen hurt them. Yes. Violently. Um, they brought it on themselves. Yeah, they because they decided to attack Moxley from behind. Yeah. So they, they brought it upon themselves. Daniel but Garcia is going to get nowhere being with Ever-Rise. I'm no. just going to... Ever-Rise is going to get right nowhere now. being with Ever-Rise. I just... Uh, it's like, yeah, okay, 2.0, whatever we're going to call them again. I, I, I'll drop the joke for right now, but... How best to put this? And no, there to me, this is the best way that I can put this. Ever-Rise has no value. None. Uh, Zero. I, I would I would argue one point. Everrise has value in taking the place of what they've been using uh Jurassic Express for. Yeah. Jobbers. Yeah. Everrise has value Jobber as to the stars. Jobber to the stars. Okay, yeah, let, let's yeah. make that distinction here because yeah. Um because they got jobbers on dark. I mean they get the local guys, they do that kind of stuff, that's fine. Everrise has value as jobbers to the stars. They're now the people that the upper tier beats up on a regular basis. That's a valuable position. Everrise will never be champions. They will never be, you know, that kind of thing. 
Um, so yeah, and and that's really Rampage. Um, now there was something on SmackDown that I thought was interesting. Most of SmackDown was just rehash. Um, Seth Rollins cuts a promo. Of course, you know, Seth is fighting Edge at SummerSlam. So Seth cuts his promo talking about how it's basically a repeat of the last one that he did. You know, he's better than Edge in every possible way. He's done everything Edge has done, and he's done it better. Blah, 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 blah. Edge pops up on the Tron. Edge cut a promo earlier in the night. Edge pops up on the Tron, kind of responds a little bit, and says, Seth, you know what? Part of what you're saying is right. You know, I had to go to this dark place that I don't like going to. And I don't like going to it because I love it so much. And it's every time it's harder for me to get out of it. Then these red lights start flashing in the arena. And then he called for a five second pose. Right. The Tron turns red, but I loved the way they did this Tron because it turned red, but edges eyes are still glowing white. The broods music hits. Now, for all you young whippersnappers, the Brood was a, a faction when Edge made his debut in wrestling. Well, I say debut, his his official debut, because he was um, like a, a sidekick at some point before this. But Edge and Christian made their debut with Gangrel mm-hmm. as the Vampire Brood back in the heyday of Vampire the Masquerade and all that kind of stuff in the 90s. Come up from the floor in a ring of fire, blood, yada, yada, yada. Seth got a brood bath. Now, it wasn't the, the red blood like they did in the 90s because we were talking about the 2000s uh, WWE, so it was this black goo. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that it happened, I'm, I'm going to admit I popped for it. I thought it was great. And he carried that over into SummerSlam because when Edge made his in-ring or made his, his entrance, he came out originally to the brood music, to the brood entrance. Brood music came up from the floor, whole thing. Um, then about halfway down the ramp, because their ramp was very long, about halfway down the ramp he stopped, and you think you know me hits. And we get rated we get R superstar. Radar superstar. Um, on this day. You know, and there we go. Uh, so, um, To all my Vampire the Masquerade folks out there, Gangrel dressed like a Toreador and fought like a Bruja. He was never a Gangrel. Yeah, well, you know. This was WWE cashing in on the cultural zeitgeist at the time. Three people listening to this ever will get that reference. <laughs> right. So That seems like the same number of people that actually listen to this. So, so we can go. Double your viewership. Oh, shots fired. Right. Well, not wrong. Um, <laughs> so we can go on to SummerSlam. Let's talk about that. Cause, and I'd like to go in order. You know, we'll we'll I'm get fine to with the that. rest of we'll get to the rest of Edge and Seth when we get there. But we have our kickoff show. May I preface this with one thing? You may. Prior to SummerSlam this week, the biggest mistake in all of wrestling happened on Dynamite when MJF unceremoniously defeated Chris Jericho in the main event and at the culmination of what was a month and a half worth of build yes. for a wet fart of an ending. Agreed. Unless they continue to push this on further, but for right now, that's where it sits. That was the biggest mistake in wrestling this week. Up until SummerSlam, where we had the three worst mistakes in wrestling this week on the same show. That's fair. 
I, I had it, I had tried to forget that that whole MJF Jericho feud. I, I like, didn't. Um, I didn't. The the point. I, there that, is that a made point. There is yeah. a point that can be made about Chris Jericho putting MJF over. It's a very bad point. The way they told the story doesn't really do that, other than oh, Chris Jericho lost to MJF. The way they did it was pathetic. So moving on. I mean. I'm okay with Jericho losing to MJF. I'm not okay with the way they did. The way it did, the way it was done, was bad. I'd like MJF to be like dominating in a match once. Like I, I know the whole like face heel dynamic. The heel wins by cheating, but it just felt like they were they were running with a regulator on. Like they yeah, could never but- get it over forty miles per hour. I don't know if it's because of Jericho's age or MJF's lack of experience or his youth. I, I, it just, it just felt the whole match like didn't feel right. And the ending was, was the shits. The, the problem with MJF and we have called MJF the best heel in wrestling right now on this podcast. Mm -hmm. He's not, he is one note. Yeah, he is one note and he has been unable or unwilling to evolve so, his character at all I in think, the last two years. I think the reason that we have called him the best heel, the best pure heel in wrestling today, even being one note, is because what I just said. He is the best pure heel, pure heel being the keyword here for what's going on. He is he is throwing back to that old school wrestling heel. He's a dick on Twitter. He's a dick to fans. Yeah, I mean, the he's keeping thing. kayfabe alive. He is keeping kayfabe with it. And it was it was refreshing when it first happened because it's not that, hey, I just saw you bloody a dude, and then your Twitter is like, look at me hugging all these puppies. You know, he was doing something different, but that different has now become stale. It's the same thing. It's like you were talking about. This is the same this MJF five labors of Jericho is the same thing we saw with Cody Rhodes last year. It is. That that's my problem. It's literally the same thing. Like so, the same thing. Yeah. Like we're just we're just lather rinse repeat lather rinse Insert repeat. Insert Jericho I, instead of Cody. I wonder how much of that is MJF and how much of that is AEW being bankrupt for ideas because they have too many people underneath the banner. And that's a topic that I'd like to get into, but we're getting so far afield of SummerSlam (laughs) right right now that it's ridiculous. Let's hit SummerSlam real quick. So we had the kickoff show. We got Big E versus Baron Corbin. I absolutely love Hobo Corbin, right? On on SmackDown last week, Corbin stole Big E's case. Then Friday night, they had a, there was a match with Corbin. Corbin was fighting somebody. Who was he fighting? Owens. Owens. Big E comes out, calls the DQ, went to get his case back. Corbin attacks him, grabs it, keeps and runs off again. Well, this was the kickoff show. Big E got his case back. In a very good match. Very good match. Very, very yeah. solid match on uh, the on the pre-show. And I got to say, we watched the, uh, the Up, Up, Down, Down, Homecoming as well. Baron Corbin is carrying this gimmick with him. Like, on the... On the, the up, up, down, down thing, he is talking about how he, he's they were sponsored by Nestle Pure Life, right? So he opens the bottle of water and takes a sip and goes, man, it's been so long since I've had bottled water. Man, I'm so broke. I've been having to drink water from the hose in the backyard. You know, he's carrying this gimmick, and it's hilarious 
Which is funny because, like, shouldn't your faucets in your house right. be like, like it's <laughs> the I mean, same water, get a man. cup, you know? It's but it's just funny the way he was doing yeah. this. Um, Biggie's got his case back. You know, all's right in the world. Baron Corbin gets beat up again. I would like to think at some point maybe Baron Corbin ends up with something with, say, a Cameron Grimes, Million Dollar Man, somehow gets wrapped into that maybe so that yeah. Corbin can get his money back. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know where the end of this character is because it definitely has a shelf life. But right we're now there we're yet, enjoying it. But it's definitely got a shelf life. Um, Kicking off SummerSlam uh, proper, we start off with the Raw Tag Team Championship match. RK-Bro R- versus AJ Styles and Omos. And we have new tag team champions. There were a lot of titles that changed hands on this show. Yeah. RK bro gets a clean win. If I remember correctly, yeah, it was very clean and it, and it, styles and almost has gone as far as they can. Yeah. With them in the tag division, because with almost, almost is the great Kali. They've shown nothing hurts him. Oh, everyone stopped because I was moving towards the microphone. Yes. Uh, almost is El Gigante. Yeah. <laughs> Kali had Kali had some entertaining, even by accident things. Almost doesn't isn't even allowed to do that. He's literally just designed to be big and then tag in and then be cho- big and not sell. And then and then choke slam from the heavens and win. Oh, and we got something to talk about not selling. Oh man. Um <laughs> But yeah, so we have new tag team champions. I'm kind of excited to see how the story progresses before Randy turns on. I mean, we uh, know it's going to happen. Riddle. I, I'm I'm expecting when Riddle turns on Randy, because to me that is that's the way to go with it. You have the that would be more compelling. You have the, which is you, why it's not going to happen. You have the young. <laughs> you have the the the, the young up and comer like turn on the mentor, and then they have that match. And you either put over the newcomer or you have this next to last like shining moment for the veteran going, uh, going through onto his next thing. That's my, that's my whole opinion on that. That would be an interesting thing. I think they could, it's not going to happen. They could, they could accidentally roll into that. They could. Yeah, I guess it's possible. I'm just glad the belts are off. I'll give it 10 million to one odds that that's what happens. I'm just glad the belts are off of AJ and almost. Does Can AJ, we split them apart? Let AJ go do. I was about to ask: Does AJ go and like go after like the U.S. title? Because I think that would be a really good thing, considering who has it right now. Yeah, that would be good. Um, um, or or start or building do they him. Keep, maybe or do they into... keep this team semi going with like almost showing up like, with not. with AJ? And, I like I, he helps AJ. Like not just like he's the reason AJ <coughs> wins matches. It's because almost like throws the guy up into the roof of the stadium and then slams him back down because he's so tall. I I feel like they took the title off of AJ because they have nobody in the main event picture right now. Drew cannot go back to the main event picture. They have have Goldberg in the main event picture. No, no, sir. No, they don't, and we'll get there because, you know, he's hurt. and, And he only is allowed two matches a year, and he's had them. So... Uh, moving to the next match was Alexa Bliss versus Eva Marie, which is exactly what you expect that to be. Um, it was trash. The The only good thing about this match... Was the ending? Was the ending, and it looks like Piper Niven. Yeah. The the so-called dewdrop. Right. 
Hashtag free Piper. Yeah, right. Has turned her back on Eva Marie. Because this was bad. I love Alexa Bliss. I've said that a million times. I think she's great. I'm not so much on board with this character that she's playing, but she's doing the best I think she can with it. Eva Marie is a throwback to the Divas era and has no business in a wrestling ring. Period. People say, you know, she's been, she's worked out, she's tried, she's she's showing promise. Hey, that's cool. And, and prompts to her. Prompts, prompts to, to her. her. She does not belong in a ring right now. That would be like if any of us went and took some classes at Diamond Championship Wrestling, the Diamond Academy, and then decided to get a main event on Survivor Series. It just wouldn't work. It's not going to work. That's a bit stepping a field. To be fair, like, she's not in the main event at SummerSlam. She's, like, second match in. Like, literally, the match that you're so not going to care about the so most. here's the problem. Because it's not I the first to, match. I need you to think about match. something, though. Okay. This match happened, right? Yeah. This match was roughly five minutes. There's another match on this card that could have used that five minutes. Mm-hmm. And didn't get it. That, I would argue all of the matches on this card could have used those five minutes. Give that match, put that match, if you, you have to have that match, put that match on the pre-show. Put that match on the pre-show, have everything mm-hmm. happen the exact same way it did. One, your pre-show is more compelling because... There's, there's more stuff, there's something else. There's something there. And two, you get that out of the way. Except the only thing about this, like you said, was at the end, Eva out on the floor and Piper picking up the mic and go saying the loser of this match, Eva Marie, and then taking her robe and walking away. That's the only good thing that happened here. Everything else was direct period. Uh, Alexa needs to drop this character and go back to being Alexa bliss. Something needs to happen. It there. worked with The Fiend. It does not work on its own. Agreed. Uh, uh, the next match on the pay-per-view, because I believe it's my turn. Yes. <laughs> I think it could have worked on its own if not for the fact that they got rid of The Fiend by getting rid of uh, Wyndham Rotunda. Agreed. Fair enough. Uh, we have the United States Championship match, Damian Priest Brady's versus... Favorite. Yep. Versus Sheamus. And we have a new United States champion in Damian Priest. Damian Priest. Damian Priest. Punishment Martinez. Yeah. Um, I thought this was a good match. It was. I really did. The ending of the, you know, it just was a good match all around. Yeah, we see uh, Priest rips the mask off of Sheamus's face, bashes his face into the ground, and then hits him with a, a reckoning. There's a couple one, two, straight three. punches to his face and, you, you know. know. I thought this was really good, and this was good on itself, and maybe better because of what it followed. What it what it pre- or followed, yeah, you know, yeah, terrible, terrible match. Okay, this this was a good match made better by the fact that yeah, gotta get that taste out of your mouth. You know? Yeah, um, I like Damian Priest. All right, I like seeing you know what they're doing with this character. I like the whole good guy aspect of him. The I don't think he works really well as a heel. Uh, yeah, I didn't I think, buy into him as a heel in NXT. I wasn't buying into him as a heel on Raw as a was, face. Was he a heel on Raw at any given point? 
back a little bit when he first showed up. Then he joined with Bad Bunny, and after you do that, I mean, number one re- Latin American recording star in the world at the time. I mean, the there only only way to turn from heel to face faster is for your broadcast partner to have a heart attack on live television. <laughs> right. Um, m- We move into the next match being the Mysterios versus the Usos for the SmackDown titles. Uh, the Usos retain. Um, I... This is going to hurt a lot to say. I want Rey Mysterio to retire and go away. I do not care at all about him. I do not care at all about Dominic. And honestly, I really don't care about the Usos at the moment either, other than their uh, attachment with the, the head of the family, the tribal chief. The bloodline. Which we didn't even see on SummerSlam. Right. How well, we much, saw like two seconds of it. How much of what you just said about Ray is Ray, and how much of that is WWE? Oh, it's it's almost all WWE. Okay. Uh, Ray Mysterio as a person, I like. Ray's a legend. He's a legend as a person, as a performer, because he can still go. He can still go. But the storylines that they're doing just aren't working for him. Ray has lost a step, but he was so many steps ahead of so many people. Oh, yeah. Ray Ray is still ahead of a large majority of wrestlers, even at almost 50. Like, he is still so beyond the average. Yeah. Like. But think of his last several feuds. The Garbage with Seth Rollins. A non-existent offense versus Roman. Now Dominic is part of this, and Dominic is still so green. I I just I feel like this this run with Ray is one hundred percent for Dominic. You know what? I honestly disagree. I feel like this run with Ray is one hundred percent for Ray. Ray wanted to be a tag champ and wanted to wrestle with his son. And I get it. You know, if I was in his place, I had a kid and this was an opportunity. You're damn right. I would be wanting to do that. Oh, absolutely. Part of me feels like this may be Ray's sunset. Ray's going to wrestle here for a bit. Maybe we see a split in Dominic and Ray. You know, Dominic continues to try to cheat. Ray pulls out some kind of, you know, this is like you, you have too much of your Uncle Eddie in you. They have some matches, and Ray goes out putting over his son. What better way to end your career than putting over your son? I'm down for that. If they, yeah. if they can tell a good story with it, and I don't trust WWE I don't to tell the right story with it. Um, of course, like I said, the Usos won. They retain their belt. They come out later behind Roman holding up the belts um, when Roman makes his entrance for his match. Uh, then they go to the back because Roman Cena was a clean match. There was no interference. Um, All right. Uh, the the next... You get the honor of introducing this yes, garbage. The, the worst, most confusing segment of the evening. And I said segment weird, but that's okay. Bianca Belair... Versus Sasha Banks for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Except, Sasha is not cleared to compete. 
Therefore, we're going to get Bianca Belair versus Carmella, a match we got literally the night before. But no, wait. We get the return of the man, Becky Lynch, which it ends up being Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch for the SmackDown women's title. And two seconds later, Becky Lynch is a champion. Okay, so you know how I talked about that five minutes that was on the Alexa Bliss match? Yes. And then the two-minute video package that was before this where they were talking up Bianca versus Sasha. Yes. And then the the five-odd minutes later in the night with Xavier Woods and Miss TV. Well, I mean, we haven't talked we haven't about that. yet, but, but, you know, yeah. All of that could have been turned into a good 10-minute match between Becky Lynch and Bianca. You could, you could have even had the same entrance thing here. Bianca comes out. Unfortunately, Sasha Banks is unable to compete tonight. Blah, blah, blah. Here comes Carmella. Here comes Becky. You could either have Becky throw Carmella out like she did and then have a good 10-minute match. Or, you know what? How about we keep Bianca strong, we make it a triple threat, and we have Becky Lynch pin Carmella. I, I Jay, have, you I have would, words on triple I threats. Would, I would have left the. <laughs> I would have left the room, and not watched the remainder of that. If show it was a triple threat. We had another triple threat. I know Jay. Jay's proclivities I, to love triple threats. I want any any more than two sides match. Like tag team matches, you know, it could be a multi man match, but but there's still two sides to it. Like even so much like a five on five uh, Survivor Series, uh, it's still two sides going up against one another, and I don't count the Royal Rumble as much, although it is literally thirty different sides to it. But it uh, then pairs down to two at the end, and then one person goes over. The triple threats, uh, fatal four ways, fatal five ways, scramble matches. I hate, I hate all of them because I, I've never felt I've seen a good one. And, like, there are notable things that should be exceptions to that. Brian uh, Danielson winning at WrestleMania 30. Um, Consider the time. WrestleMania 20, Chris Benoit beating Triple H and Shawn Michaels. That should be something fantastic. That was going to be my question to you. No, I hate hate all of those matches. (laughs) I hate all of them because those wins were not earned, in my opinion. So... Instead, what we get, we get Bel Air kind of being confused for a minute. We have, and I'm going to cover the whole match. Are you guys ready? Yes. Bianca Bel Air is standing there. Becky reaches out her hand to shake Bianca's. Bianca goes to shake Becky's hand. Becky punches Bianca in the gut, sucker punch, manhandle slam, one, two, three. Becky Lynch is your SmackDown Women's Champion. You have built Bianca for months now as unbeatable, as the the S, E-S-T of WWE, right? She has carried, since Bailey really got hurt, mm-hmm. they have put everything on her shoulders. And she has fought Carmella and had good matches with Carmella. She has had good matches with Zelina. Because... Like it or not, Selena's not that great. Yeah. 
Um, I think you're being a bit too dismissive of Carmella. I think she's come a long way from where Carmella she has was. come a long way from where uh, she was. And I, I, I do Carmella think... still can't carry a match. And that's what I mean. Carmella's Carmella is vastly improved, even in the past year. I don't so, think she's ever been asked to carry a match. So um, it, it, that statement kind of catches me kind of crossways. I, I think her just being in a match is not a diminishment of wrestling as opposed to, like, who you pair her with, can uh, can she do well? And I think she does well with Bianca. I think they have good chemistry Oh, I thought together. the matches were good. Yeah. You know, and that's what I'm saying. But I think that was more I, Bianca I just, and less Carmella. I, t- I take umbrage to your kind of biting criticism I heard in your voice of Carmella. Okay. Um, Here's the thing. Even though that her her current gear makes her look like she has cow print all over her instead of leopard. <laughs> here, here's, here, here's the thing. Becky Lynch coming back, you cannot mess that up. No, and you did. somehow, somehow, WWE found a way to mess that up. Literally, all they had to do was remove Carmella from the equation entirely, have Bianca come out there and say, okay, Sasha can't compete. Sasha, you and I are going to see each other again. But I was promised a match tonight. I'm going to open up a challenge. You hear the... Oh, and, and out and comes Becky huge pop have a match. Even if it's three moves, have a match, we let have, your champion get some offense in and then turn over the champion, the title to we have the new champion. seen this garbage. The, the 10 second win with Kofi last year, Seamus over Daniel Bryan several years before, Sheamus versus Sheamus got it. When did Sheamus who who beat Sheamus quick? Several years before that, we're getting the, these, the impetus for this. We're getting it, these five it, second, ten second, eighteen second matches. The one that sticks in my head the the biggest is when Goldberg beat Lesnar at Survivor Series. Yeah, there you with go. Two moves. Like, yeah, and that worked because you had no idea that could be coming, and it did happen. But you, this is the this was the first big mistake of SummerSlam, and I will argue it still isn't the biggest mistake because of the talent level involved. I think they can all pull themselves up, given enough time. But everyone that was in this was diminished. Yeah. First easily. of all, yeah. Sasha, where are you? Like, I want to I want to get out a milk cart and put her face well, on it because I don't know where the hell she is. The things going around with Sasha is either she's hurt and they just haven't announced she's hurt yet. Or there is a rumor spreading, of course, because of the era that we live in, that she got COVID. There's also a, a, a rumor out well, there that there's also a rumor out there that Bianca and her both were like exposed. Bianca tested well, there negative. Was, there was that, and she's being punished for it. There was a live event show that both of them missed. There was a, there were several, and yeah, the, yeah there were several of them in a row, but both of them missed. I 100% with no other evidence to support that believe that Sasha got COVID and that Bianca through some miracle or the fact that this virus doesn't just say you get the virus, you get the virus. It, it, it's a virus. It's just going to, some people are going to be more immune than others. Sasha got it. Bianca didn't. And I think instead of just coming out and saying that they just, Try to hide that. But my, see, my problem is not the why. 
I I don't mean this because I don't care about Sasha Banks's health. Mercedes uh, Martinez. I hope you're our number. Mercedes um, Barnado. I, I I want her to be well. We want it's Mercedes not, Martinez to be well too. But yeah. yeah, yeah, the her too as well. Um, it's not why it's you waited until the second she was supposed to come out to let fifty thousand people know that she wasn't there. Yeah, Carmela's walking out as her replacement, and you see people with Sasha Banks glasses on and with signs about legit boss and things like that. There were people in that crowd that wanted to see Sasha Banks, and they didn't, and they got bamboozled up to the second she was supposed to come out. Mm-hmm. No. And, and no. no, we we say this, we realize that, you know, card subject to change. That is fine. I think they could have recovered had they just had Bianca come out and say, we they can't, could have. we can't, you know, this is a good thing, so I'm just going to issue an open challenge the roof blows off the place because Becky Lynch walks out. They could have recovered if they would have had a match. Yeah. Even if it would have been Carmella, even if it would have been a triple threat as much as Jay hates those, if it would have been a match, not 20 seconds. Yeah. So Carmella is damaged by just showing up and then just literally getting thrown into the stairs and killed beaten to death. Like you don't even see her walk away. Yeah. Like you just don't like for all we know she dissolved into the carpet. Like I mean, good God! So the the best part of this whole segment was after Becky threw her out, threw Carmella out, turns to Bianca and says, "I'll be right back," and then goes and lays out Carmella some more. You've damaged Bianca Belair, who's been the closest thing you could have in this day and age to a smiling, do right for everyone baby face who has, in my opinion, carried as best she could the standard of the women's division for a good bit. Absolutely. You damaged her, uh, you damaged her completely on that. I, again, still recoverable, but there was no need to do it. Yep. And then finally, like the prefacing of all of this, you ruined the only surefire return you had by having her win in five seconds when you could have easily had a five to ten minute match with them that both of them get over and she still wins. All I know right now is that Becky Lynch can do a pump handle slam yep, and can jump on ropes over and over again. Yeah, pretty much. Let's move on. Yeah. Next match was Drew McIntyre versus Jinder, which unfortunately... Or maybe fortunately, I don't know which way you go with that. This was a McIntyre one. There was no chance in hell to steal Vince's term that Mahal was going to win this match mm-hmm. at all. I haven't dug the build up to this match. None of it. I it has the been only thing boring. I enjoyed was the first time he pulled the sword out. That was novel and fun and okay. That and was, was pretty much it. Because after that, it's just been boring. It's been the same thing. Gender talks about, uh, you know, I'm going to beat you. Drew says, no, you're not. Gender and cronies attack. Drew gets sword. Gender and cronies run away. Well, Personally, I think that Veer and Shanky should have been dressed up like the Bollywood boys. 
and WWE should have continued referring to them as the Bollywood boys and make us think that our brains are going crazy. But that's just me. But here's the thing. The story for this match writes itself. You have the three-man band put together. Mm -hmm. Drew is supposed to be the heater. Drew is injured and can't actually do anything to draw the heat. So you have gender blaming Drew for the fact that three-man band became a joke. You could have done neither. Then they both get let go. Yeah. They have very similar arcs where they come back and become world champion. Mm -hmm. You have the story. It writes itself with gender blaming Drew for the time that he was fired. You absolutely could. Even and even when they first got together and started this little bit, you had gender blame saying Drew never gave him a chance at his belt. That you know thought we were friends. You promised me a long time ago that if, if we promised each other that if any of us made it and we were together, that one of us would give the other one the, the shot, and you never did that. That's motivation. That's good motivation it on Jinder's part. It is. I would I would argue that. Gender had that shot first and did not provide to Drew. And Drew was in NXT, I think, wasn't he? I, uh, but, think, but, I think Drew was still an impact. Okay. But, but here's the thing is you, you have that, but the heels don't care about that. The heels have never cared about that, and so it works perfectly for the story. Um, This was just a, this was a piss break match is what it was, really and truly when it comes down to it. To be uh, completely honest I, with you, I didn't see it. I was I, on the phone with my brother. And I hate to say that about a Drew McIntyre match, but it was what it was. Uh, I enjoyed it uh, for what it was, but it was so forgettable that when Mike came back into the room, said, uh, did I miss <laughs> anything? And our initial thing was no. And they would say, oh, no, wait, Drew won his match. Like, literally, it was yeah. that forgettable. It, but, it, I mean, it was it was standard fare. Uh, it was... Vanilla bean ice cream. Like there was, there was a little pop to it because of their history, but other than that, it was it was okay. And moving on. Hey, Michael, you get the you get all the the garbage. Oh, it seems yeah. like. Yeah. Uh, so the next match on the card was our triple threat match for the Raw Women's Championship. We have our Raw Women's Champion, almost a superhero, Nikki Ash. Uh, sir, no. I'm sorry, you're right, Nikki A.S.H. Thank you. It's it's so easy. Even non-facetiously, like, I've, I consistently call her Nikki Ash. That's but what here's you're the thing. supposed to call her. Here's the thing. It's, it's almost a superhero. Nikki, Nikki almost, almost a superhero. Right. Why? Okay, I, just call her Nikki Cross. If you're going to do the almost a superhero thing, almost a superhero, Nikki Cross. And... But who was our raw, our, our massively over, extremely strong raw women's champion fighting? What two scrubs was she taking on? Rhea Ripley and the queen herself. Thanos? Charlotte. Thanos. She came out Might dressed like well Thanos. Thanos. No, Thanos no, lost. No, sir. No. She came out dressed like Thanos. She yeah. had the Infinity Stones in the right. middle of her thing. But she again, was in purple and gold. Thanos lost. That's the problem. Thanos won at first. And then he lost. And then he lost. <laughs> so, he lost harder than anyone in the MCU. So, Charlotte wins. Charlotte wins. Exactly what you would expect. Charlotte the wins. The only, and, and this, is, this is all that needs to be said really about this match, but of course, because we're us, we're going to talk about it anymore. The poster promoting this match has a giant picture of Charlotte. 
back to back with a giant picture of Rhea Ripley and then a tiny Nikki Cross down in the middle with the Raw Women's Championship on her shoulder. Yeah. I think the only photo that was made giant there was Charlotte's. I think that's just proportionally Rhea Ripley <laughs> on a poster and also proportionally Nikki Cross on a poster because Nikki is tiny. The thing is, and Charlotte's is taller than Rhea. Yeah, Charlotte's what? taller than Rhea. Charlotte is six foot two and Rhea is five foot eleven. It, uh, must, it must be the heels. It probably is. Yeah, but the match itself was not terrible. I, I didn't think the match was that bad. I didn't. I didn't approve of what is going on in this, but I didn't think the match was terrible in and of itself. I think there were good spots in the match, but I will not call that a good match. You have you have Flair win. the The only way that this goes forward and makes any kind of good sense to me, which means it's not going to happen, is if Flair is playing that Thanos role. She got the snap off. I mean, she even posted the picture on Twitter afterwards of her holding the belt and just says, "I am inevitable." If Nikki comes back and wins the title from her. That's that's two wrestlers who have tweeted, I am inevitable this week. Yeah. Well, there's uh, uh, Becky Lynch also tweeted, I'm back after CM Punk did it too. So, uh, yeah. Um, overall, that was a really forgettable match. Uh, we moved to Edge and Seth Rollins. Of course, we've already talked a little bit about that. Edge wins. I thought this was a damn good match. match Edge, Edge didn't match just match win. Edge didn't just win. Edge put a stamp on his win because Seth was about to break out of the cross crossface, and Edge is just like, okay, and yeah. slams and his face repeatedly into again. the ground before locking in a sleeper. Yeah, and yeah, it was. I loved everything about that ending. This match was, the match was phenomenal. It had a great pace. It had great back and forth because there were parts where Seth was was really targeting Edge's neck. You know, there were, there were points where, you know, there were points in this match where I thought either one could win. Now, I didn't really think Edge was going to lose this. They told a compelling enough story in the ring. Maybe, maybe mm. Rollins goes over, you know? I mean, Edge hits the glam slam. Shout out to his wife. He hits the executioner. He locks in the educator. I mean, Edge went deep in his moves here. Well, I mean, you that see, was the whole premise. Like, he, yeah. he had to go to a place, and, like, that place was his entire, the entirety of his, of his history career. as a wrestler. Mm. You see Seth... Seth turns a spear into a pedigree. Um, Which yeah. took took the announce team way too long to call attention to. Right. Yeah, Easily match weird. of the night. Although, you could say the next match was match of the night, too. So, up here you, next. Here you go again with the, with the good ones. <laughs> up next, we have our WWE Championship match. Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley. Now, before the match, you have the crowd chanting Goldberg, Goldberg. And then the second that they show Goldberg on TV in the back, the crowd shuts up. Well, that's because yeah. they could only run the piped in music only for so long. There is one thing I want to say. Goldberg looks like a million bucks 
still for his age. Oh, he looks like a twenty-five-year-old. Goldberg looks like a million bucks for any age. Let's 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 get that out he of the is, way. He looks like a million bucks for any age. He is still jacked. He looks like he can go, but the key word in that sentence is looks, because so, holy crap, was this terrible? This is this is great mistake number two. Worse than Becky Lynch, and I will explain why in a second. Please detail this autopsy, this Michael. So <laughs> Goldberg pretty much controls the start of the match. And then Bobby Lashley gets the upper hand after MVP hits Goldberg in the back of the knee with his cane. And three steps later, actually, it was only one step, but three steps later, Goldberg realizes, oh, Oh, yeah, I got hit in the re- knee. I'm supposed to react to that. And then sold his knee for the rest of the time that Bobby was throwing him all over the ring. Here's the problem. After Bobby gets the win, I'm happy now, for it. I how love did, How did Bobby get the win, sir? How did he get the win? Ref, I don't remember. Stop referee, it. Yeah, it was stop referee, it. referee stop. stop. This is how much I like don't like I was Gold, like okay, Goldberg. I've already Goldberg. One word in here. I'm, I'm about to go nuclear. Please, for the love of God. Goldberg <laughs> could not stand up. He got he got hit in the knee. Then Bobby hit him with a couple of like low blow tackles, mm-hmm. uh, which Goldberg had no idea how to sell. Which the conversation was had about this is what happens when you build somebody as an unstoppable machine, and they never have to learn how to sell moves. No. Yeah. Um, the referee Goldberg couldn't stand. The referee calls the match off. Goldberg's kid gets in the ring, hops up on Lashley's back. Lashley puts him in the hurt lock, shakes him a couple times, throws him on the ground. MVP realizes who that is, and MVP immediately grabs the mic's like, uh, Bobby Lashley didn't know who that was. Um, so like he had no know, way of knowing. He had no way of knowing. Uh, but still your champion, the almighty Bobby Lashley. And they take off while Goldberg crawls over and covers his kid and starts screaming, I'm going to kill you at Bobby Lashley. So here's the thing. So this, yay, this we're going to get, we're going to get our, our rematch at blood money seven. This could have easily been so much better. You, been. you have, even if you have Bobby win, but you have Goldberg win and immediately, immediately, y'all want to go big? And out walks Big E. So you know how we because talked about that? Big 18? E wants to work with Goldberg. You know how we talked about that 20-second squash match earlier between mm-hmm. Bianca and Becky? You could have done that here. Yeah. I wouldn't have, but you could have done that here and had Goldberg squash Bobby. Then as Goldberg is celebrating with the belt, Oh, Las Vegas! Big E, Big E's music hits. Big E runs down. Big E cashes in on Goldberg. Big E plants Goldberg. And your new WWE champion, Big E. And then Big E grabs the mic and goes, uh, that's Big E Langston? Yeah. And there we go. Now, you, know. you, you wanted to say something, Jay, so this I'm going to let you say your thing. Yeah, and then yeah. I'm going to let you finish. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, this is... This is Big mistake number two in all of wrestling for the week. Again, happening on the same show. Um, this should have been this should have been the ten second match. 
this should have been either of them hitting big move and being done because you have someone who doesn't know how to work still. He took a shot to the knee. Michael said, no, it was just one step. No, no, I counted. It was a good three steps. And then he looked back, registered that he didn't do what he was supposed to do, and then fell over. I'm speaking of Goldberg. That whole point there was the crux point of the, oh, he's been seriously injured. At no point now do I believe he's seriously injured throughout all of this. The moves that were used against him to injure his knee more looked like Bobby was trying to ram his own head into the uh, into the uh, ring post. <laughs> yes. Like, both times looked like he just like wanted to just pick up a weight and put it on his back and then ram his head into a uh, ring post. This is... It wasn't coming anywhere near his knee. It, all of this was bad. I like, think the chair shots afterwards. And I would go so far to say is even if you had E come in at the end of that and pin Lashley, I think it would have been even worse. And we would be talking about like we wish like the we would have wished that the cash in would have been on something that was already better than this. Um, There's so enough. so much about this that was just bad and kept getting worse. Yeah. Like the whole time, like I was count, I was doing my my sixty second one one thousand two one thousand, and as soon as I hit that, it's like okay, this should be done now. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and it's not, and it's it's it. This is not getting better. This match it's got not. this match got several minutes, and Bianca Belair got ten seconds. That's really all you need to know. Now, before we go to the last match, before you talk about that, there was one other segment that happened that we glossed over. We mentioned it briefly earlier. We have Ms. TV or a, a Ms. and Morrison yeah. segment. It wasn't really Ms. Or TV. Moist TV or whatever well, yeah. they call it right now. Where Ms. and Morrison, they drive up to the stadium. That was at the beginning of the show, yeah. In a pure life, pure life truck. Then they're going to come out and they're going to debut the Dripstick 2000. Now, there is one thing I do want to talk about real quick before you finish. Um, Morrison makes a comment during this. That uh, y'all all look dry and thirsty out there. Now, fourth wall break at the stadium. There was a problem with their concession stands, and no one was allowed to buy alcohol or beer during the whole show after the Alexa match. Something happened with the stuff. So I, I know what happened. Yeah. They knew they would be mad. <laughs> so, and yeah. so they didn't let them get liquor up <laughs> so that they didn't they have to have it. a riot <laughs> so, to get all of them out alive. So continue. I just thought that was very funny. They come out and of course, Miz and Morrison are a joke and neither one of them has the brand new dripstick 2000. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you hear Xavier Woods voice. And Xavier Woods comes walking out as Razor Ramon with a Ghostbusters gun on his back. Super Soaker 7000. You know. I wanted somebody. Nestle Pure Life plastered all over the back of it. And Xavier as Razor was amazing. Yeah. The everything else about that segment was awful, but Xavier Woods as Razor Ramon and he, Hey Yo. He got the Hey Yo. He had the toothpick. He, he did the it's time to take a poll. 
Uh, you know, score one for the good guys. He hit all of the good Razor Ramon beats. Yeah. Um, then, of course. And then he had a water gun fight. Yes. And it wasn't even a good, like, that water could have, that water gun should have been so fun and impressive. It should have impressive. been a water truck. It should have <laughs> been Stone Cold and the beer truck. Or it should have been Kurt Angle and the milk truck. Instead, he's got, he's, he's literally, like, it's like they hooked it up after his, like, understanding how water pressure works in 10th grade science class. Yeah. So, let's talk now, take, about take us home. the final main event, right? Roman Reigns, head of the table, tribal chief, versus Mr. Hollywood himself, John Cena. A John Cena who returned and said all he needs is one, two, three. Talked about how he was going to get beat up by Roman. He knew he would. John Cena was prophetic because... John Cena got his ass beat by Roman. Well, John Cena spent the first 10 minutes of this match not doing any offense whatsoever other than a roll-up. Um, the AA, as a finishing move, is completely useless. It is worth less at this point than a chop. Cena hit an AA, kick out. Cena hit an AA through the announce table, kick out. Cena hit an avalanche AA. Kick out. The AA has been devalued so far that you know if if he does make another appearance, which I I feel like he'll make at least one more, win a title, I, I have it for has, a month or two. He has a title. He has a, and he then has one title run. retire. He's gonna have to use the lightning fist as his finishing <laughs> move because the AA ain't gonna cut it. That's uh that's way too Judas effect for me to to sign off on. I agree with you. Yeah, but. yeah. So, so Roman wins. Roman wins. Roman, Roman wins, wins very convincingly too. Yes, uh, they they did a good job with this match. Nobody interfering. Nothing. Roman dominated this match. Talked trash the whole time, and wins. Following his win, he barely gets to celebrate. All of a sudden. Brock Lesnar's Red music flashing hits. lights and music, and it's like the brood's coming back. No, no, it is that that man guitar that, yeah, man bun Brock Lesnar with pubic hair beard walks out. And yes, I realize that Brock Lesnar is now going to appear out of nowhere and murder me. But dude, he's going to it's drop worth out it. of a tree and just <laughs> gut you and move on. Worth um, it. Brock Lesnar comes back. He hits the ring. Paul Roman, is, be, because of the way they have this set up, Roman has to actually climb the ropes to look over and see if Brock Lesnar's yeah. actually there. They face off for a second. Roman leaves. Paul Heyman is on the apron crying, right? Brock, pouring, no, please. He's pouring tears. And you go off the air. Brock Lesnar in the ring, staring down the aisle at Roman Reigns. Then after the air went off, he hit Cena with like three or four suplexes and a couple of eight and a couple of F fives. Send the crowd home happy, right? Beat up, yep. beat up Cena. Um, did that legit happen? Or that did legit that? happen. All right, there you go. Um, it didn't happen on air, so obviously not canon. Consider that like dark show type stuff. Um, I feel like we're gonna see a face. Brock Lesnar. I think back? that that's the only thing that Brock has that he can do because if Brock Lesnar is heel Brock that we have seen for the last 
what, 10 years now? Mm-hmm. I don't care. Brock Lesnar as a face. Not to mention the fact that a heel Brock would necessitate a Roman face turn. And I don't think it's quite time for that yet. Now, the problem is right now we're in a situation where we have Brock Lesnar without Paul Heyman. I don't think that's a problem. Brock needs somebody to talk for him. Unless they do the whole thing where he just doesn't talk. In Brock's first run way back when, he was not bad on the mic. Paul Heyman is exponentially better on the mic. And as a as this prize fighter heel that he is playing up, this legit badass, this I'm going to kill you, this is for money for me. Yeah, having Paul Heyman as a spokesperson was awesome. Stroke of genius for that. I think if you're going to have a face Brock Lesnar, if you're just going to have the Brock that's like, you know, I'm coming back to finish some business, I don't necessarily think you need a mouthpiece at that point. Okay. Um, now, I don't think he needs to go on any three- and four-minute promos. I don't think he needs like a 15-minute opening of SmackDown, you know, cutting promos on Roman and all this kind of stuff. But you give the guy a couple minutes, then have Paul come out and you have a little bit of banter between them. I think that works. All right. We'll see what happens. I mean, that's probably not what's going to happen. I mean, let's be, let's be fair here. It's the WWE we're talking about. Uh, you know, they're going to give him 15 minutes and he's going to stammer through that much time and the mystique of Brock Lesnar is going to die and there we go. Yep. Then he'll be released. Um, but yeah, that, that was SummerSlam. Was it was it was very this, long pay per view. This was the third, and in my opinion, biggest mistake of the entire weekend. Not, not, uh, not Reigns beating Cena. Uh, I I thought that match was good. Possibly, probably, in my opinion, second only to uh, Rollins Edge. My problem with that is you don't even get a chance to appreciate it in the moment. Because as soon as you take a breath from it, you're now on to the next thing. Like, you don't have any chance to, like, this man just beat John Cena. Like, it'd be like, oh, this man just beat Hulk Hogan. This man just beat Austin. This man just beat, like, a the, the biggest wrestler of an era. He beat him. I would say as close to decisively as you can. Uh, I think Cena towards uh, middle end match did that, uh, had that, moment in there because you have to have some belief he's going to win, but ultimately mm-hmm. the person who should win because he's going to be there next week uh, had to win. Right. We're now immediately on to the next thing. We don't even have a chance to appreciate this thing in the moment. Yes, we're going to hear talk about it probably like, oh, after the match, no, he beat uh, John Cena. John Cena's all like, we're going to get all of that in there, but you don't get appreciated in the moment. You're immediately on to the next thing, and you immediately look at what is – once again, what I think we hated about the Reigns run for a good portion of it is that he was chicken scratch, and he looked chicken scratch again. Yeah. Yeah. I think the better way to do this, and honestly, as much as I bag on WWE for things, I think they probably would have done it this way had Friday night not happened. You have Reigns beat Cena. You have Reigns get his moment at the end of SummerSlam. You go off the air with Reigns standing tall. 
Come SmackDown, you have Reigns and Heyman come out. They cut their promo on, you know, we've ended the era. John Cena's no more. This is, you know, it's proven just who the dominant force is in wrestling. Yada, yada, yada. Then you have Brock show up there. You have Brock show up on SmackDown as a pop for SmackDown, mm-hmm. as a we got to see the Roman standing tall over John Cena. We get to hear the gloating without this cloud of Brock Lesnar hanging over it. Then you move into that. You give it you give it some time to settle what just happened. But because of the first fifteen to twenty minutes of Rampage believe that's why this happened. Yeah. Personally. I think if Rampage hadn't happened at all, it would have been the exact same thing. You think so? Yeah. I I, I think Vince wants a big note to end on, and I don't think he felt uh, Reigns beating Cena was big enough of a note, so let's bring in Brock. I think the fact that Brock is back is, is the note. It's like, oh, look, Brock, uh, Brock Lesnar's back in the WWE. CM Punk could have come back. CM Punk could have, like, they could have announced during SummerSlam. They could have rented, like, AEW could have rented out the the, uh, the United <laughs> Center and had it and had it and somehow managed to like have like um, like airplanes coming over with CM Punk signs with AEW and all this other stuff. That still would have happened. It still would have happened that way because it's a big stage and we're bringing back the big monster on the big stage. Regardless, the same way I think Becky is not a response to CM Punk being back. I think they were going to bring her back. She already had the shirt. Yeah, I, I don't. The shirt think, was made. I, I I 100% don't think Becky was a response. Yeah, um, I wonder if again what whatever is going on with with Sasha Banks again. I hope she's well. I think the change there was to give uh, Becky the title because Sasha wasn't going to be there. Maybe again, the four horsewomen get a lot of leeway where other just people just do not in the women's division. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I have I, I have no doubt in my mind if 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 CM Punk comes back or not, that is still how they're going to end it because Vince wants to leave on like this was supposed to be the second WrestleMania. It was supposed to be a second big show of shows. And so yeah, you have Lesnar come back, you have well, Edge come back. You make it you make it that way. So this, yeah. This wasn't even supposed to be the second WrestleMania. This was going to be this year's WrestleMania because they're finally back in front of crowds. Bigger crowds. Like bigger. this was yeah. a bigger crowd. WrestleMania like, had a limited crowd. Yeah. Yeah. This was fifty they they, they claim fifty one thousand, so we're probably talking forty seven thousand actual people in attendance. Oh, I would say actually no, I would say it's fifty one thousand with tickets, but I want to say like maybe like forty five thousand who paid and have papered another six thousand just to make it look fuller. That's Possibly. just me. Yeah. But you know that was SummerSlam. That was SummerSlam. Um so before we go into uh thanking everybody for supporting us, Jay, tell us about your podcast. Tell us about Rogues Cast Radio. No. All right, there we go. Fucking time where we can. Uh, Rose Cast Radio. Uh, myself, Logan Stotler, Jody Kite, and our ever uh, embarrassed but always on point ombudsman uh, go over nerd culture in a way that only we can, and hopefully it's a good way. 
we do uh, tend to touch on mature matters and we use mature language. See my one S word comment at, uh, during this uh, podcast. My uh, self severe discretion is advised. I will also take this time to shout out silence your cell phones. Our friend Jared Hubbard and his friend Kevin Shelton going through the uh, world of uh, movies. Uh, check out one of theirs this week. They do two a week. Uh, what their one on the newest uh, newest release is going to be on uh, Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds. I thought it was very good. Good job, Jared. Good job, Kevin. And uh, there you go. Thank you very much, gentlemen, for having me. Yes. Hey, thank you for coming on. And big thank you to McNarb Gaming here in Goshen, Mississippi. They have any kind of the games that you're looking for. They can. They have them out here for you. If you lend to tabletop RPGs, they've got those. If you're into miniature gaming, they've got those. If you want to come buy Monopoly, I don't know that they have a they, regular they Monopoly, have, but they, they do versions. have versions of Monopoly. Come out, check them, check them out. They've got card games, board games, role-playing games. And if they don't have it, they can probably get a hold of it for you. And, of course, as always, thanks to Big Dog Liquor. Even though we drank beer today, so we didn't patronize them this month. Yay, uh, this week. Mississippi. Um, you know, go down there. They've got vodka, whiskey, tequila, wine sales. Always getting new stuff. Worth a shot. Stop by. Huge place. Brad's real knowledgeable about things. Yep. He can get you taken care of, get you something good. Come down here, get a board game, go home, play your board game, listen to Silence Your Cell Phones, listen to Rogue's Cast, listen to us, and have fun. Yep. And with that said, we're going to watch NXT when it comes on tonight. Take over. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>